is in the studio with Michael Card. I should say Merry Christmas to open yes. the program with. Yes. We're going to hear a Christmas concert here today with you, Michael. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I think. You know, when this was just <laughs> a radio program, uh, you know, it would come and go on the radio. But yeah. now that it's a podcast, people can download it and play it and replay it and listen all over, over again. Over and over so again. Why not? If you want a little something to put on the background for your uh, while you're trimming a tree. No, maybe. no, no, no. Not background. Oh, okay. The, this is the kind of Christmas music needs to be foreground. You sit and listen I to. Think. There is Christmas music that's background, though. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. You, you think that's true? Well, it establishes a mood. Yeah, I definitely think there's, there's some Christmas music that should stay background <laughs> music, but there's other that we should, you know, like you're saying, pay attention yeah. to. Okay. Yeah. Now, we're going to hear an entire Christmas concert today uh-huh. that you gave in uh, Mount Morris, New York, I'm told. Yeah, about three years ago. You, you do a Christmas tours occasionally or every year? Well, we used to do it every year. Uh, we don't so much anymore. I think I'm only doing one Christmas concert this year. But uh, this was in a pre-Civil War, beautiful church, and uh, I had two of my favorite sort of fellow musician. So it was it was a good night. Let's talk about those fellow yeah. musicians, Jeff Taylor and Shanoa Alamu, right? Yeah. Uh, I've known Shanoa for uh, 20 years. Uh, we first started tra- traveling with the Black Gospel Choir uh, years ago, and she was one of the members of the choir from Cincinnati. And the, the choir kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and finally Shanoa was the only person that was left. Now, not only does she sing great, but she's an incredible uh, violinist. She's a concert violinist. She's a concert violinist. She teaches, and she's um, and she's a student of the word. She's just uh, I can't say enough mm-hmm. about Shanoa. And Shanoa is the kind of person. Well, let me tell you about Shanoa. <laughs> uh, uh, this was about th- two years ago. Uh, she'll she'll call and check in on me, right? And she was visiting her mother in in Memphis, and I live in Nashville, just outside of Nashville. And I was having a bad day. I was kind of down. And four hours later, she pulls into my driveway. Oh, okay. Yeah, to that's en- the kind of to friend encourage she is. me. Yeah. yeah, because I was having a bad day. That's that. that's all you need to know about Shanoa. Well, Jeff Taylor. Yeah. I mean, what else can we say about Jeff? He's been on this uh, programs many times with yeah. us, and he's with you in this concert. One of the greatest musicians in Nashville. When he was eight years old, he won the Bach Medal for <laughs> the entire state of New York. Yeah, he's he's phenomenal. Um, there's a sequence to the songs we're going to hear. What, what's the sequence? Well, uh, um, for years I did a, a concert, a Christmas concert called The Promise, and what I wanted to do was portray these characters. So there's a song about Mary, you know, what her heart remembered. There's a song about Joseph. Uh, there's a song about the shepherds. There's a song about the wise men. Well, I can hear that it's time to begin the yeah. concert because you've started playing, but what is this instrument you're this playing? This is a mandola. It's a big mandolin. The big mandolin, one of my favorite instruments. All right, let's hear a concert for Christmas time from Michael Card and friends here in the studio.
if you're a Lutheran, this is all stolen from Martin Luther's quote, uh, that the Trinity is more to be adored than to be pondered. So there you go, I'm confessing, confessing. Father longed to show a love he wanted us to know. He sent his only Son and so became a holy embryo. That is the mystery. More than you can see. Give up on your pondering. as fantastic and wild a mother made by her own child hopeless babe who cried was God incarnate and man deified that is the mystery more than you can see give up on your pondering Creator must now recreate And told to take our sin Was made like us So we could be like Him And that is the mystery More than you can see Give up on your pondering This is, a, this is a Christmas one. This is from Luke. Uh, one of the things that's fascinated me the last five, six years has, has been the nuances between the Gospels. If you're like me, if you grew up in church, you always heard, well, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, basically the same outline. You know, all of Mark is in Matthew except for 44 verses. So you're sort of led to believe that they're, they're basically the same. It's just not true. They're, they're interested in different things, and that's what's really captured my imagination lately. Luke is interested in things that Matthew couldn't care less about, and John is very excited about ideas that Mark, you know, just doesn't, you know, take time to, to, uh, to talk about. Uh, and you see this really clearly in the nativity section. So you go to Matthew. Major theme in Matthew is the kingdom, right? So what's the nativity all about? Well, it's about the birth of a king. Who are the wise men looking for? A king. And when they find him, they, they give him stuff that you give to kings, you know, gold. Luke could not be less interested in that part of the birth of uh, Jesus. Luke, who was a doctor, and most doctors were slaves in the first century, Luke is interested in the poverty of Jesus. So he, he pictures uh, this, this impoverished baby wrapped in rags, lying in a cattle trough. Now, I'm not saying they disagree with each other. In fact, they perfectly complement each other because... The nativity of Jesus is the story of a king who was born in poverty for us. And um, so that, this next song comes from Luke. Um, another interesting thing about Luke, uh, we know that he was not an eyewitness. Uh, the other gospel writers were, but Luke, Luke was not. He tells us that he spoke to eyewitnesses, right, in chapter 1. 
And one of the fun things to do when you read Luke is try to figure out who his eyewitness was. And when you read the nativity, guess what? He knows what Mary is thinking and feeling. He knows that she, she treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. In the story from uh, when Jesus was 12, 12 years old in the temple, only Luke tells that story, and Mary does all the talking. Joseph does not open his mouth. I, I think that maybe he didn't want to say something that might end up in the Bible later. <laughs> no, he's been, in, he's been entrusted with the raising of the Messiah, and they've lost him for three days. So might have been a little wound up at that point, right? But Mary says to Jesus exactly what your mother would have said to you or my mother would have said to me, why have you treated us like this, see, right? So I'm convinced that Luke is telling Mary's part of the story. And uh, that's basically what this, this song is based on, that idea. This song and another song we'll do later on Mary um, is about that. capture the accents of angels how do you put words to the taste of their light you cannot describe how their words burn right through you how you became dizzy with heart-pounding fright in the midst of your fear how they sang you a song to the glory of God the Most High how all of the sudden that when they departed that they left a hole in the sky how do you worship a king in a cattle trough when you cannot bow any lower than he and what kind of gift to give someone with nothing in humiliating humility wrapped up in rags what a heartbreaking sign yet on his sweet face what delight the darkness that prowls here cannot comprehend this impossibly bright point of light So everyone listened in awe and amazement To all we'd been told about this beautiful boy But Mary, his mother, she wordlessly wondered And pondered her treasure of joy conceive how a savior was born in a place only fit for the cattle to feed his poverty made him our perfect provision the one hope for our every need the one hope for our every This is a song I wrote for my mother. I'm a complete, utter mother's, mama's boy. My, my mom was 46 years old when she had me. My, my parents are older than my wife's grandparents. It was a weird way, you know, to grow up. I just remember my mom asleep on the couch most of the time. But she grew up in a different era. In her, in her era, uh, uh, education was largely a matter of memorizing poetry. And my mom could quote, especially Tennyson. She could quote Tennyson until you said stop. And we said stop a lot. Uh, whenever I was uh, a little boy in the summertime, whenever I walked out the door, my mother would say, oh, barefoot boy with cheeks of tan, blessings on thee, my little man, every single time. I think that's supposed to be Tennyson. 
Well, when she lived to be 92 and uh, had senile dementia, and whatever, whatever that is, however it works, and they're still figuring it out, the, the last thing Alzheimer's or this dementia takes is poetry and music and scripture. You know, I had a, my grandmother memorized the whole Bible, and she could still, right up to the day she died, she could quote any verse you, you know, but she didn't know who she was. My mom was the same way, didn't know who I was, didn't know who she was, but she could quote a poem, and right before she died, I was with her, and I said, you know, of all the, of all the poems you have, you know, rattling around in your head, um, what's your favorite one? And this is, uh, this is the one she quoted, so, uh, and it, it has to do with the, the nativity. sleep and dream that she was pure. person we know the least about in the nativity is, is Joseph, and we know almost nothing about him. We know he was a builder. He could have, he could build a stone wall or a house or a table. He, not strictly a carpenter, he could work in all sorts of uh, materials. Um, but otherwise, we really don't know anything about him, but, but one thing, and I'm convinced because of his perfection, the Bible tells me all I need to know about Joseph. And and what it tells me is that before, and this is the point, before uh, the angel came to him in a dream and told him, explained to him how Mary had become pregnant, before that had happened, Joseph had already decided he was not going to expose her to public humiliation. He, he was, in, in, in a sense, going to take upon himself what seemed to be her guilt. It wasn't her guilt. She wasn't guilty of anything. But to the world, she, she had uh, violated the, their pledge. And Joseph was willing to take that on himself rather than hurt this person that he loved. And that's all I need to know about Joseph. And I think if he left any impression on his foster son, I think, uh, I think that was it. So this is a song about, about Joseph. How could it be this baby in my arms Sleeping now So peacefully The Son of God The angel said How could it be? Lord, I know He's not my own Not of my flesh Not of my bone Still, Father, let's 
son of my love. Father, show me where I fit into this plan of yours. How can a man be father to the son of God? His face and hands so fair But when he cries the sun It seems to disappear But when he laughs It shines again Bye. 
Listening to A New Hope Born, a concert recording featuring Michael and Friends. We're at the halfway point, and in this intermission time, I'd like to encourage you to send us your reaction to this program. You can email your comments to in the studio at michaelcard.com or find us on Twitter when you search for Michael Card. You can learn more about Michael's ministry, his books, music, and conferences when you visit michaelcard.com. That's michaelcard.com. And we hope you'll share what you enjoy here in the studio. Every week there are new episodes, so pass along the link so others can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Google Play. In just a moment, more of Michael's Christmas concert recorded in 2015 here in the studio with Michael Carr. We're preparing to celebrate Christmas in the studio with Michael Card. In this classic edition, you'll hear music and teaching that explores the mystery of God coming to earth. Michael will open God's Word to John chapter 1 for a study of the circumstances surrounding Christ's birth. In the second half, we'll hear how God is at work in the Nashville community and in the church in China. We're praying this broadcast will give you insights to help you experience the love of God through His Son, Jesus. Details at michaelcard.com. Who'll die upon 
from the first chapter of Hebrews. You and me, we use so very many clumsy words. The noise of what we often say is not worth being heard. When the Father's wisdom wanted to communicate His love, He spoke it in one final perfect word. He spoke the incarnation and then so was born the Son. 
was born the baby who would die to make it mine Father's fondest thought took on flesh and bone. He spoke the living, luminous word. At once his will was done. And so the transformation that in man had been unheard took place in God the Father as he spoke that final word. He spoke the incarnation. to time so we could understand he spoke the incarnation and then so was born the son his final word was jesus he needed no other one spoke flesh and blood so he could bleed and make the way divine and so was born the baby to make it mine And so was born the baby who would die to make it mine This for me has become, become sort of a theme, uh, theme song. It's the song that, is that, it's got an idea in it that, that, that explains if Christmas can be explained, explains Christmas, it explains uh, what holds the Bible together. It's, uh, I don't know, see what you think. Um, the idea, it, be, it begins with a question. The question is, what does God want? I think that's a really good question, basic question. What does he want? And there's all kinds of answers, right? There are theological answers and there are doctrinal answers and there's denominational answers. But for me, I think the answer is pretty self-evident. Um, the answer is what he wants is to be with us. Beginning in the garden, I mean, what was the Garden of Eden for? It was so we could be in his immediate presence. I mean, they're, they're hanging out together and talking, right? And there was only one thing that we weren't supposed to do. And we couldn't not do one thing, right? Don't eat the fruit from that tree. We couldn't not do one thing. So we break the covenant. But what does God do? He keeps keeping the covenant. So he's, Adam, where are you, right? Why? Because his deepest desire is to be with us. He's going to provide skins to cover them up, right? Because that's who he is. He makes these covenants with us. We keep breaking them and he keeps keeping them. It's what uh, the law was for. Uh, the law was to fulfill the deepest desire of God to be with us because the reward for keeping the law, Leviticus 26, 12, if you keep the law, God says, I'll walk with you and be your God and you'll be my people. So that's what the law was for. But we, we messed that one up too. It's what the tabernacle was for. It was a tent for God. And he's very, he's very uh, precise about wanting three tribes on this side and three tribes on that side. All around him, he wants his people encamped. And he's in a tent. I mean, his tent's a little nicer than their tent, but it's still a tent. Why? Because his deepest desire is to be with us. It's what the temple was for. It's what the incarnation was for. What, what is his incarnation name? Emmanuel. God with us. Uh, duh. Right? It's his, it's his incarnation name. Practically the last words from Jesus' lips are, Behold, I am with you always. It explains the cross. explains the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is God's presence in us because his deepest desires to be with us. The climax of the Bible in, in Revelation, uh, John hears a loud voice from the throne that says, at last the dwelling of God is with men and women and he will live with them, right? They will be his people and he will be their God and he will wipe away every tear. So I think that's a fairly self-evident. You know, we hold these truths to be self-evident. It's fairly self-evident. God's deepest desires to be with us because he loves us so much. And, and that explains the manger. That explains Jesus being born. Uh, because in order to, to give himself on the cross, he had to be born. So that, that's what Christmas is all about. It's, it's this sort of the first evidence that God wants to be with us. Uh, even if it means being born in poverty and being hungry and being tired and being thirsty and all, all the rest. And that's a beautiful truth. But there's a truth that goes along with it that I think in its own way is just as beautiful. And that is what, what God wants the most just also happens to be what we need the most. Because what we need, and Job, the book of Job teaches us this, what we need is his presence with us. I mean, the answer to all the cries, all those psalms that cry out for God in the Old Testament, the prophets, all of their, you know, complaining and crying out, the answer to all of those pleas is always God showing up. And he showed up. And that's why we're in this beautiful place celebrating. We're celebrating the fact that he showed up. Why did he show up? He showed up because he loves you so much he'd rather die than live without you. And in order to die, he had to be born. And I think, um, for me, Charlie Brown, that's what Christmas is all about. <laughs> A sign shall be given. A virgin will conceive. A human baby bearing undiminished deity. The glory of the nations, a light for all to see. And hope for all who will embrace his warm reality. This is your part.
Okay, it's your turn. Let's sing some together. And you know all these, so don't worry about it. Ready? Joy to coming. Oh, come all ye faithful.
great way to conclude this hour of worship, teaching, and celebration of the birth of our Savior. This concert was presented with the prayer that at this holiday time, we can truly experience the love of God through His Son, Jesus. Look forward to reading your reactions to this program. You can reach us several ways. Send your email to inthestudio at michaelcard.com or find us on Twitter or Facebook when you search for Michael Card. Tell a friend about what you've discovered here in the studio. They can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or Google Play. Now for Michael and all of us on the In the Studio team, Ron Davis, Lauren Kosky, Ashley Smith, Lance Mansfield, Jeff Jones, and our producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Have a blessed Christmas celebration. <laughs>